Welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I am joined by Allison Oconee, our community care pastor, and Ryan Plants, our senior pastor and speaker from Sunday. All right, so we took a week off last week for Community Serve Day, which was a ton of fun. Um, saw quite a few of you guys out there at the different schools. And then we, uh, this last Sunday, hopped right back into our series, uh, Summer on the Mount, and we got to hear about retaliation, um, which was just super life-giving and a peaceful conversation. A very Well, we were going for a very easy, non-challenging yes. teaching of Jesus that... Yeah. You know, it's just like, okay, Low, yeah. low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> yeah. It's not a problem. Easy stuff. Totally. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it just, yeah, I mean, it was um, chill. No one had issues with it. People were like, I needed to hear this. So just yeah. all around, kind of what you want on a Sunday, you know, a non-challenging piece of scripture. But we are saying all of this in jest. It was, um, the content is is pretty challenging, right? Whenever we talk about, retaliation anytime we talk about conflict i think it was also very funny to the first message was about uh peacemaking and then retaliation and we've had two sermons in the past what is that four weeks on kind of centered around conflict right yep Mm -hmm. um i will ask even though i think i know the answer was it an intentional choice to have peacemaking and retaliation in this this series yeah, it was. You know, looking through the Sermon on the Mount, um, I, I, I looked through and and tried to pull out the things that I thought would be most relevant for um, for our culture. Um, you know, still being so new to Arbor, um, and and obviously knowing some of the story of our church, um, what would be most beneficial. Uh, but we all swim kind of in the same in the same culture. And so the things that we wrestle with are uh, very similar. And um, so, yeah, I, it, it was just stuff where it was like, when you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's that's gonna be something that like is really going to press us and challenge us. Um, but also things that I think as, as, a, as a people, we need to make sure we're uh, pressing into to really embody, to be the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Allison, as a nine on the Enneagram and our yeah. in-house peacemaker, yeah. were you sitting through this message just thinking, yeah, guys, just chill out. Like, it's not a big deal. You don't need to retaliate. And well, what's funny is that for being a peacemaker and being somebody who loves harmony and unity and all of that, I I felt challenged. Uh, there was a point in Ryan's message where he said, like, think of somebody that you that you currently have a, a conflict with and let's like move through the message with that person in, in your mind. And uh, it wasn't hard for me to come up with one, <laughs> but Cause um, it was me, cause it was you Hayden. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But um, I, I do wonder for some other Enneagram types, if for them, it's more like a list that they have. Like I've got conflict in so many different arenas of my life. Like I've got a couple at work. I got a couple at the grocery store, a couple in my neighborhood. Like they probably are able to come up with a lot. And I wonder how like an Enneagram eight would approach this message. Um, you know, in so many ways, I think that we'll get to it later. Um, I think there is a part in your message where you did address sort of, a. um, a what now for them, but we'll get to that later. But yeah, for even for me, I felt like for as much as I 
loved the peacemaking life. Um, this was a challenge even for even for me. Mm. So, um, I'm curious for both of you. This is a question either of you feel free to answer on. Um, I, I think the first week that we talked about this series on the on the podcast, I had talked about how this is kind of like a. It felt like a just stream of consciousness coming out of Jesus, right? Like there's, there is some connectivity between the things that he says on the Sermon on the Mount, but it is also kind of like popcorn thoughts (laughs) and like, this is, you know, let's talk about this for a few minutes. Um, How, how far apart are these sections between peacemaking? Cause that's the Beatitudes, right? Blessed is, is the peacemaker um, and retaliation in, in the sermon. Yeah, so peacemaking, it's really just, it's one be, it's one beatitude, you know, one beatitude right at the beginning. And the beatitude is sort of like a boilerplate um, teaching section where Jesus kind of outlines, like, here is what someone who is a citizen of my kingdom looks like. And then he, you know, moves on from there and kind of digs into like the details. Um, and so, you know, the retaliation section starts at verse 38. Uh, and uh, peacemaking, I think, is verse nine. Even in that same chapter, in yeah, they're both five? in chapter five. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're both in chapter okay. five, and essentially, what Jesus does is he does the beatitudes. He does salt and light. There might be another section there, and then he then he actually has a little teaching there on on the law. You know, he kind of he he sort of pivots, teaches on this on the law, and then he moves into sort of that formula of you have heard that it was said, but I say to you, and so. Uh, I think he talks about marriage. He talks about um, anger, and you know, and then he talks here adultery, about right, talk, yeah, marriage it? and adultery are kind of right there together. And then he talks about um, uh, retaliation. Yeah. What I think is interesting is he brings up the Old Testament reference of an eye for an eye, and I think I'll speak for myself as a as a current reader of that scripture and hearing that on Sunday, like mm-hmm. initially it feels like, oh yeah, of course we've moved so far away from that. But in truth, not really. Like we talk, I think um, we've talked about, we all kind of have a desire at some point in our lives for a pound of flesh when it comes to a conflict or mm-hmm. um, even if we boil things down to our basic, you know, human younger self that's inside of us is, I want you to feel some semblance of the pain that I have felt. And that's kind of what leads some of our irrational decision-making, right? When we're angry and we're in conflict. Um, But I'm curious when we look at what Jesus was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount and we bring that into our today, um, I guess, scope, right? Our lens. What does, if Jesus was teaching that today, what are some of the things that he would then reference, right? He's not necessarily going to reference eye for an eye or you've seen this. And we talked, you talked in your sermon about the tunic and the cloak and the Roman soldier asking someone to go an extra mile. What would be the today's context of that? If Jesus was giving relevant um, examples like that, what would be an example of that in today's world for us? Yeah. I mean, I think what Jesus is addressing is our like deep, need that we feel for fairness. And so, you know, if your child insults my child, you know, they have to be appropriately reprimanded for that thing. 
Um, if you um, if you steal from me, you pay it back. If you um, if you say something behind my back, you um, you correct that. Or, you know, we go about it in a different way. If someone says something behind our back, we then tarnish that person's character. I mean, I guess if you wanted to be a thief and they stole from you, you would try to just steal it back from them. But I think at the heart of it is just this idea of, of fairness. And so essentially it would be whatever that would look like for us today in that context. Like, where do we, where do we encounter conflict in this world and want something to be fair. I don't know. Like, are there ever times where you're at like the grocery store and you like your apples don't get rung up correctly, you know? And that's like, you know, perhaps that's like a really small, insignificant, inconsequential way where you're like looking at your receipt and you're like, what those apples were, were supposed to be a dollar ninety nine a pound. And I mean, I don't know. Like, are you gonna go into the store and like grab a few extra apples to like really <laughs> stick it to the man? Or I yeah. kind of think some people do. I mean, in a yeah. way, they take justice into their own hands and mm -hmm. they um justify their behavior you know because like the man or yeah. the system has screwed me and so i'll screw them back well we've talked <laughs> we talked about one one example earlier which i thought was quite funny um this idea of quiet quitting right that's going on right. in our culture today and i've seen that on yeah. on the internet uh yeah. recently this idea that instead of like outrightly quitting one's job one just sort of slowly fades in the background and stops doing the work mm -hmm. um and that's in, in essence like a your own you are you are simply trying to take back your agency or right. like you know and what you're doing is you're that individual still getting compensated right but you're not working at all right i also uh, it's your form of protest yeah right yeah against the against agency. the unfairness or the injustice that you feel you're experiencing at the hands of your employer. Right. Um, I also, on the grocery thing, yeah. I heard that like, I don't know if it was like a tweet I saw or some article online that like for some people, it's just a given that they'll only scan like 80% of their groceries in the self-checkout line, which I thought was like, it really blew me away. I was like, what? Like, that's crazy. But perhaps that's another move toward like, well, groceries are getting more expensive or, you know, like they always charge so much here anyway. Like I've earned this little bit because I've, because so much has been taken from me. Yeah. I mean, it even makes me think like, in what ways do we seek an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth Yeah. It in a trans, in a transferred sort of way right. where we've been kind of, we've received unfairness or injustice in this arena. And so now we're retaliating over here, but against mm -hmm. a completely unrelated party. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, well, I think that that goes to um, the, uh, what's the word that you used? Oh, like the vicious cycle, right? Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes I feel like there's there's little things that we can do in our everyday life that could help fix that cycle or correct that cycle. But something that you had said of like, I'm not going to be able to fix society's issue just by doing this. Like I think about when I lived in an apartment, um, when I would take my trash out to the dumpster, like I would just grab like a handful of trash that people just decided, oh, I didn't make it in the trash can. I'm mm -hmm. just going to leave it there. And I know that like that action every couple days is not going to fix the trash issue at the apartment that I was living at. But it was like, if I can do just a little bit, will that help with that cycle? Maybe people will see like, oh, it's less dirty. Maybe we should take care of this thing. 
But then there is a certain futility of it, right? That if you start to look at it, you're like, I'm really not making a huge difference here. But should that negate the effort at all? That maybe I'm not seeing the the difference that I'm making. I I run into the the retaliation and conflict everyday driving. Um, one, <laughs> my mind was going to cars too for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. It, I see it especially when. A lane is ending. I was thinking of merging no, too. Yeah. The and zipping people, is important. Well, yes. and people will just fly up past, like on the shoulder, and it's like, oh. so you just didn't, you didn't want to be two cars back. You didn't want to fall in line earlier, or maybe mm-hmm. you just weren't present. Maybe you were looking at your phone. You're in a new area, so you didn't know that the lane was ending. But that's one area where I'm like, man, I really hope. Although hope I think they get what's coming to them because they just shot past me on the shoulder, mm-hmm. and the other spot too, and it's. <laughs> it's like my least favorite and favorite place, Costco, trying to find a parking spot. And then someone you're waiting with your turn signal and then someone comes in from the other side and takes that parking spot. And you're like, yeah. I hope <laughs> like I hope that you park and you can't open your door and you got to readjust. Or well, like, and, and in that small instance, yeah. like what kind of interpersonal interaction are you going to have with them where you would ever yes. truly retaliate against yes. them? Yeah. But then, you know, in what way could you possibly go the extra mile? for them and bless them and bless them and i i think it's like perhaps again this might be like an overextension of the principle at what jesus is getting at here but like perhaps it's just genuinely not getting upset about it like like perhaps that's you know uh, an attitude of the kingdom of god in that moment where it's like you know what like it's a parking spot and you know i, I was waiting for it uh, but they took it and now they have it and i can choose to hold on to my anger and in a sense, like harbor that to retaliate against them and like just dwell on the reality that that was not fair. They should not have parked in my spot or that was not fair. They merged so late and I patiently waited in this like long line okay, of Okay, okay. I have to step in though yeah. and justify the zip zipper concept. Zipper merge? Yes, mm-hmm. because so many people are uninformed. So when they use the zipper lane mm-hmm. and then they merge when it's, when the lane runs out, that's actually what it's intended for. Oh yeah. So Absolutely. I just don't want people to feel like they can't zipper merge around here. Oh no, zipper. And I'm not even. This is this has become a traffic podcast, but um, <laughs> I I'm not even talking about the zipper lane because I oh, understand okay. like yeah. especially zipper merging. But like when you see that the lane is ending, everyone has already gotten over, and then you come flying past like the lane has already ended and you're on the shoulder and you're like I'm yeah, gonna that's get a, that's a different bomb that's okay, we're, we're talking okay. about illegal behavior exactly. in that example that's well yeah. and just impatient behavior right yeah well i i think that you know people people do get upset you know when other people are trying to merge at the yeah. last minute in mm-hmm. a, in a lane in a lane where their car is allowed to drive in mm-hmm. you know i mean like so uh, uh separate from the zipper thing mm-hmm. right no, i mean yeah. i mean you should encourage people yeah. to be doing that yeah yeah all that to all that being said, <laughs> release the zipper. I, I would just say, like you know, these are those are you know, if we're trying to get more nitty gritty in like yeah. the practical yeah. ways where, you know, we would want to practice this sort of, I think, a spirit of generosity of of forgiveness of love toward yeah. others, is, you know, those small incursions. I think if we hold on to them, can really do damage to our own kind of ongoing souls, our dispositions toward other people. Um, and perhaps when we find ourselves in those situations, figuring out ways to be like, you know what, like, even if we were waiting there and the other car pulled up, like, what would it look like just to be like, I don't know that person, but it might bless that person just to take that spot. So I'm just 
going to give it to them? I don't know. I mean, it's it sounds like a little trite given the nature of the subject, but perhaps these are little smaller ways that we can practice to build up the desire. Because I think when we do that, I think we'll find in our hearts like this, like, oh my goodness, like what joy, what joy is there in being generous? Because I think a spirit of retaliation oftentimes comes from um, this, you know, mentality where like, we, we just think there's not going to be enough for me. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm living in the scarcity mindset. And so I have to retaliate in order to ensure that I get what's mine. And I think people are in the last couple of years, um, just done. They, they're full to the brim of seeing injustice or what they perceive to be injustice. And it would take just one little straw that broke the camel's back for them to go like just ballistic over a parking place at Costco, you know, cause it's like, that just represents all the injustice that they've been carrying and they don't know what to do with it. And so they become like undone over these apples or that parking place or whatever. So I think we're working with a really traumatized society. And so some of these examples that we're giving seem small, but even in the course of a day, it could be like all that a person could muster to like give grace over, over apples or parking places or zipper lanes or whatever. It's just people are so tapped out, I think. So all the more reason to be adding in grace back into our culture, patience, love, et cetera. I think that all the more it's countercultural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that, that like we run into a lot of, we're not super confrontational as a culture, at least where we're at right here right now. Cause I think what I, what I do when someone cuts me off or takes a parking spot is it's just like, a good minute and a half of just silent judgment while I'm trying to find <laughs> a parking spot or like I'm sitting behind a car going 55 on the freeway. You know, I'm just like, I wonder what stickers they have on the back of their car. I'm going to really look at this. <laughs> Better not be an Arbor sticker. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to pass them and look in their window and be like, makes sense, you know, which like is not a good, it's not a good thing to do. Right. And I think that that's, it kind of leads you to a spot of then just assuming the worst in society. And you're like, this is what people do. This is, which I don't think is what, I don't think that's a Christ-like behavior. I think that like Jesus did have the best f- intentions and perspective on creation and people, right? And I think that like that retaliation, which doesn't feel very conflict-oriented, the judgment, I think that like ultimately that doesn't lead to anything beneficial or anything Christ-like of just like, what are you going to do? People are going to be people. And it's like, or people could be good, right? And, and what is like what's going on in their day right and what's do they need that parking spot like we brought up with the parking spot i thought of the ultimate traffic non-retaliation response which is when someone begins to tailgate you yeah i think the classic retaliatory response is to brake check them yep you guys ever brake check someone before i would never do that i've Uh. never done it but i've wanted to yeah I grew up driving in Southern California. Yeah. We don't do that because mm-hmm. people might escalate it even yeah. further. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I've never done it either. Um, <laughs> but you've and read so about it. I've read about it. That's why I bring it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And perhaps it's just, you know, the kind thing to, you know, they wanted the shirt, right? They yep. wanted, and you just give them the whole road, right? You yep. just, you move off to the side yep. and you let them fly by. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we've talked about <laughs> our modern <laughs> examples of it. Very um, automobile centric. Yeah. yeah. Relatable. Do you guys think that, I mean, obviously, w- one of the things about us going through the Sermon on the Mount is this was, we're, we're taking chunks of it, right? But do you think that um, retaliation, that that chunk of the sermon, do you think that was something that was chewed on for a while by the listeners after they left this? I, ma- I also imagine they had a lot that they were probably chewing on and like, man, he said a lot of stuff up there for a while. But um, you had kind of talked about how it was a little bit of not revolutionary, but it was just, a, it was a big mind change for these people who had been under this way of, this is how justice looks, you know? Um, this is done to you, you go do it, right? Um, do you think this was something that was very just mind altering for the the listeners of this message? I mean, I, I think so, for sure. Because um, even though it wasn't seemingly explicit, I mean, Jesus always taught I don't know, mildly cryptically at times. Um, you know, you had this nation that was, you know, being oppressed again for what, like the fourth time, right? Or fifth, I mean, like here they are again in their own land, but oppressed under this Roman rule. And they had this longing and this desire to see the kingdom come. And I'm sure that in their imaginations about it, they thought, you know how it's going to come. These oppressors are going to get theirs. And so they they thought, you know, their future hope was like the retaliation is coming. And certainly that bleeds into the way you live everyday life. And here Jesus is saying, yeah, well, if one of those oppressors comes and approaches you and asks you to go a mile, what if you went to? Like that in and of itself. And then think about the larger scope that like in the whole narrative of like the redempt the story of redemption, that those people that they were so frustrated with would, would be so intimately grafted into their family in just a few short years. Like the people who they thought were enemies were going to be the ones who were like, no, you're, that, that's brother. actually your brother. You're that's your sister, yeah. you know? Mm. Wow. Do you think that, um, do you think that people at Arbor walked away yesterday, kind of mind altered like the listeners back when they were listening to Jesus about this, this section? I would say, yes, I'm speaking on behalf of Arbor now. Yeah. <laughs> so I know the hearts and minds of all yeah, of them. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, again, I think we've just, the last couple of years have been so hard and people have set up um, coping mechanisms in themselves for survival in a way in the last couple of years. And I feel like a call to like put down your arms, like surrender to like a higher way, love and patience and non-retribution, non-cancel culture, non, you know, like I'm leaving because of this and I'm going to harp on everybody's um, littlest mistakes and I'm not going to let anyone get by with anything. Like that just feels even countercultural in our neck of the woods. And so I feel like it just gave us all so much to think about. Um, And again, I don't think it took people very long to think of like name a conflict in your mind or somebody who you've been in conflict with recently and how this would play out. 
The thing I was thinking about in terms of um, different Enneagram types as they would receive this information and where you left room for the Enneagram eights in this, like they're after justice, right? And they want to pursue justice and it is a good thing and it is a right thing. And so they look at it in fraction not so much as to like grace it and let it go or peacemake over it or through it. They're looking to like enact some justice and so that our world is safe and the way it should be. So you left room for them to still act because you said, we're not asking that you would be abused and continue to endure abuse um, by someone or to let injustice, you know, pervade and keep going on. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you left room for the Enneagram eight to still be um, the justice keeper. Um, Because I think that is something that people had to turn over in their mind. Like if I'm going to not um, retaliate, like where's the line between retaliation and justice? You know, because penalty for sin or wrong behavior, um, is that retaliation? You know, I think people had to sift through that. Yeah, and I don't think that even, you know, obviously we had the ideas of what Jesus isn't saying, you know, in in our call, in this call to non-retaliation. Uh, but I also don't think that speaking truth to a situation is retaliation. So I think we also have to take, you know, the entirety of Jesus' teaching and synthesize that and apply it collectively. And so in in a non-retaliatory spirit, what does peacemaking look like? You know? And so like one one area I wish I could have elaborated more on was, you know, I used that pretty simple example of, you know, you have the Roman soldier asks you to go the mile, you go the extra mile. What if your boss brings a bunch of extra work to you and instead of, you know, quiet quitting yeah. or not doing it, you yeah. did the work, you went above and beyond. Um, but I could also easily imagine a situation there where like, yeah, you don't want to retaliate. You don't want to not do the work. You don't want to talk about how terrible your boss is to your other coworkers. But like, when does peacemaking come in? Like when, when is it a a misuse or a manipulation or a, a misappropriation of their authority and you need to have like a frank conversation with your boss and be like, hey, I, I want to be here. I want to work here. Yeah. I, to I, be clear, I can't do it all on the 11th hour no. of the work week. Yeah, and, and, and also I've noticed this pattern. Yeah. And, and listen, you know, as my boss, I'm sure what you want from me is you want the best out of me. And, and listen, I want to give my best to this. I, I, I maybe, I don't know, maybe you hate your job, but like even still, like you, you want to do the work well. And then that's when I think that peacemaking conversation comes in and it's like, well, here's, here's maybe a better way where this work can be assigned, you know? And so in that sense, the the reason why I wish I could have elaborated on it was not so that like the way forward is to always just do the work and keep your mouth shut and never, you had said that doormat. Yeah. And and again, like we're, we're not called to be doormats. I don't think the way of non-retaliation is the way of the doormat. Although I do think at times it's going like, we're going to incur, incur like suffering and quote-unquote violence as followers of Jesus in this world specifically, right? Because the way of this world, I think, is so antithetical to the way of Jesus. Yeah. Well, I think that, like, the key to that is is thinking through, like, is the reason I want to retaliate, the reason that I want to 
bring this up or bring this conflict to light is it a is it a pride thing like was my was i wronged and i shouldn't be wrong and that's not fair to me is it a truth thing like because i think that's a very good cipher to look through on like okay is this wrong is this gonna hurt other people down the road if i don't do anything about it or do i feel personally slighted Mm -hmm. and can i be humble and incur that in hopes that a conversation will come up after the fact right because i i don't think i don't think that swallowing your pride and, and being humble turns you into a doormat unless it's just like that's what you've resigned your life to be right mm-hmm. of i will never i will always just take it on the chin and move forward you know yeah. mm-hmm. so and that's what i that's what i like about this this conversation is it is countercultural to no, like you should hang on to your pride as as an American, as a Westerner, as a citizen of the world, right? Like you should take pride in yourself and you shouldn't let anyone walk all over you or do these things to you. And I don't think that's the way of Jesus, right? I think that truth and and peace are, are most important. And sometimes following Jesus is a little bit of swallowing your pride and and being humble in, mm-hmm. in these circumstances. So Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So all right, well, we're getting close to the 30-minute mark. Is there anything else that you guys want to ask or talk about before we close things out? I was just going to give an example of good non-retaliation. Last week, we were in our team meeting working together on Wednesday, and I clicked a magic button that erased <laughs> months of your work. I have protected your identity for like a week and a half now, yeah. and now you're just going to blow it. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. so what was awesome was that in the moment you were super full of grace to my face when that happened. But one thing that was cool for me was to hear later from Ryan that you had handled it. You had communicated it to somebody else in a really grace filled way too. When I wasn't listening and I wasn't, I wasn't present. So I heard through the grapevine that you also handled this situation with so much grace um this was while i was reprimanding her for it oh <laughs> yeah. sick 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 okay well, I, yeah. I had the retaliation coming another way yeah, yeah. but <laughs> i i just i just wanted to point that out because i think people who think like that we are about the lord's work full-time you know might not encounter occasions for feeling like either put upon or that something wrong has gone on in our world and that Hayden, you had a choice for retaliation. You could have like gossiped about me. You could have slandered or, you know, just also erased all of my work, (laughs) you know, or something. (laughs) So um, anyhow, I just, Mm. I felt really blessed by that. And um, that encouraged me. Um, It built trust for us working together more. So anyhow, I just wanted to thank you. Oh, no problem. And it's like, we, we practice these things. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Just wanted to point that out. Well, thanks. Yeah, you heard it here first, Arbor. You know, <laughs> Allison erased it, but everything's okay. Everything was my fault. I'm so sorry. Yes. I'll never do it again. It's all good. All right. Well, is there anything else before we close things out? No, I, I think we I think we covered it. I think that um, that it this is one of those things, and we were talking about this early in our team meeting where. Um, by by the grace of Jesus' spirit in our lives, we're able to press forward and do this. 
But if, if you heard this past week's message and you feel this sense of like heaviness or that, man, that's so daunting. How am I going to do it? Listen, that's, that's all of us stepping into this calling. It's not easy. Um, and it oftentimes feels deeply counterintuitive or sometimes it'll feel deeply unfair. Um, but I'd process it in groups, you know, bring, bring these prayerfully bring the conflicts that you face to other people, um, uh, who love Jesus to, to process those things and, and how to move forward um, in those conflicts that you're facing. Well, Ryan, thank you for putting in the work and sharing the message with us. And uh, we will see you guys next week. All right. See you guys.